Coming up on the Children's Hour, we're going to learn about two of the most endangered big wild cats, tigers and snow leopards. We have a senior carnivore keeper from the Albuquerque Biopark with us, Casey Taylor, who will teach us some basic tiger facts as well as info about how to care for tigers. We'll also learn about how the World Wildlife Fund is encouraging families every day to make choices to save tigers. And we'll learn about snow leopards with Marissa Naranjan from the Snow Leopard Trust. Lots coming up. Stick with us. This is the Children's Hour. The Children's Hour is kids' public radio produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. Find out more about us and see pictures and links related to this show at childrenshour.org. It's time for the Children's Hour, kids' public radio. Why did the snow leopard go on stage? I don't know. Why? Because it was a show leopard. What kind of cat hangs out in your house? House cat. What kind of cat hangs out in the alley? Alley cat. What kind of cat is a chocolate candy bar? Kitty cat. Yeah. What kind of cat are you? What kind of cat are you? Tell me, tell me true. What kind of cat are you? I'll give you those clues. What kind of cat are you? Gets harder. Put on your thinking cap. What kind of cat has the first name of Tom? Tom cat. What kind of cat is really, really scared? Scared cat. What kind of cat hangs out at the copy shop? Copy cat. What kind of cat is actually a fish? Fish cat. What kind of cat steals things at night? Cat burglar. What kind of cat hangs out with Batman? Robin. No, Robin is a bird. Cat woman. Yeah. What kind of cat has a thousand legs? Caterpillar. What kind of cat is a big expensive car? What kind of cat are you? What kind of cat are you? Tell me, tell me true. What kind of cat are you? I'll give you the clues. What kind of cat are you? Two finger clap. Put on your thinking cap. What kind of cat is a great big disaster? Catastrophe. What kind of cat is an even bigger disaster? Cataclysm. What kind of cat rhymes with that and is a long religious recitation? Catechism. Uh, what kind of cat is connected to the engineer car? Catalytic converter. Uh huh. What kind of cat facilitates a chemical reaction? Catalyst. What kind of cat is a group of things that are similar? Catalyst. What kind of cat comes in the mail from Sears? Catalog. Yep. And what kind of cat is a whole bunch of cows? Yeah, what kind of cat are you? What kind of cat are you? Tell me, tell me true. What kind of cat are you? I'll give you those clues. What kind of cat are you? Two finger clap. Put on your thinking cap. What kind of cat throws stuff over the wall of a castle? What kind of cat is tunnels under the castle? What kind of cat floats on two pontoons? 
catamaran. And what kind of cat takes a picture of the inside of your body? Cat skin. Yeah. What kind of cat obscures your vision? Cataracts. What kind of cat's being followed by a moon shadow? Cat Stevens. What kind of cat is the capital of Nepal? Kathmandu. Yeah. And what kind of cat carries your golf clubs? Caddy. Woo! What kind of cat are you? What kind of cat are you? Tell me, tell me true. What kind of cat are you? I'll give you those clues. What kind of cat are you? That's all my clues. The song is through. That's Billy Jonas. What kind of cat are you? The title track of that release. You're listening to the Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone. So happy to be with all of you in listener land and all of these kids on Zoom. Hello, everyone. It's a big crowd today. Who's here? Hello, it's Cade. This is my big sister, Caroline. And you're Jane. It's good to have you again with us, Jane. Hi, it's Sonia. Hi, it's Ethan. Hello, it's Airdrie. Hi, it's Flo. Hi, it's Beth. Hello, it's Lily. Hey, friends, it's Melissa. Hi, it's Luminata. Hi, it's Evan. Hi, it's Daniel. Hello, it's Kodiak. Hi, it's Lily May. Hello, it's Amadeus. Hi, it's Gareth. Hi, it's Corbett. It is great to have you all with us today. I'm so excited you're here because... Today on the show, we're going to be talking about big wild cats, specifically tigers and snow leopards. These big wild cats are at risk of extinction, but scientists, researchers, biologists, and zoologists worldwide are doing their parts to save these rare cats. And we're so excited to welcome the senior carnivore keeper from the Albuquerque Biopark, Casey Taylor, and from the Snow Leopard Trust, we've got Marissa Naranjan, and we're going to learn all about tigers and snow leopards today on the Children's Hour. This next one is the Sugar-Free All-Stars. Stick with us. One, two, three. You might not believe it's true But even though you cannot see him It doesn't mean he can't see you He's hiding in the bushes Out by my back door He's gonna jump out and surprise you While letting out a roar Look another time Tell me just what you see That tiger in my backyard Looks a whole lot like me A lot like me It might be hard to believe But he's eating all the bananas And we can't get him to leave He's underneath the table And then he's jumping on the chair It doesn't matter where you look Man, that monkey is everywhere Look another time 
kitchen looks a whole lot like me a lot like me where are all those monkeys where are all the monkeys silly silly monkeys Children's Hour, and with us on the show today is the senior carnivore keeper at the Albuquerque Biopark, Casey Taylor. Welcome to the Children's Hour, Casey. Thank you so much for having me. Today, we're really excited to talk with you about tigers, because after all, it's the year of the tiger. And on the show, we're going to be talking snow leopards, too. But I want to give tigers their due. Let me jump over to the kids. Let's go to Amadeus. Where are tigers from and what role do they have in the ecosystem? Tigers are really uh, mostly found now in India, Sumatra, Russia, and a little bit of Asia. But their historical range was basically all of Asia and China, as well as Russia. So now they're only found in about 6% of where they used to be found. But they're, they're incredibly important for the ecosystem. They are the largest predator within their ecosystem. So it's really important that they're there to balance everything out. And yeah, so that's where they're found now. And and they are crucial. They're like a keystone species for any ecosystem. So it's really important that they're they're healthy within where they're living. What's your favorite part of your job? Oh, that's a really good question. That's a hard question because every day my job is a little different. And maybe that's my favorite part because I get to work with so many different animals. And when you're working with animals, things change a lot. Kind of when you're working with kids, I bet. (laughs) You never really know what to expect. 
But I think overall, my favorite thing is that I get to build a relationship with the animals I work with and they know me and I know them. And that's an amazing thing to watch grow over the years. Can you do things like go, here, kitty, kitty, like we do with our kitties? They all know their names. So I we can call them. And if they choose to, it's always a choice. They can come to us. We can't force a tiger to do anything. We can't force a polar bear to do anything. But when you see like a zookeeper walking public side, when they're looking around at the animals that they're taking care of, you can tell every animal pops up their head and recognizes that person. Yeah. And looking for maybe treats or food or whatever. So yeah, they definitely recognize us and our voices and they respond to that really well. And it sounds like a relationship based on bribery. Uh, Yes, there's bribery and there's trust. If they choose not to be involved or not to want to engage with me, that's okay. We don't withhold their whole diet. We make sure that they always get what they need to be healthy. But on top of that, they are provided treats for doing things that we want them to do. How many species of tigers are there? I believe there are four or five. Some of them are really close to each other. So we got the, see if I can list them, Sumatran. We have a Malayan tiger, which is the smallest subspecies. We have the Indian, the Indo-Chinese, and I feel like I'm missing one more. So I'm looking this up and it looks like there are nine species of tigers, three of whom are basically extinct. The Javan tiger is extinct. The Bali tiger is extinct. And the Caspian tiger is extinct. And then there's the Sumatran tiger, which is critically endangered. That's a really tiny, cute little tiger. The South China tiger is also near extinction. The Malayan tiger and the Indochinese tiger, the Bengal tiger, which is famous, lives in India, Nepal, and Bangladesh. And then there's the Siberian tiger. And that one lives in northern Asia, like Russia, China, and Korea. Are there tigers that are different colors besides orange and black striped? Yes, there are white tigers, although it's a rare genetic abnormality. So it's definitely common in captive tiger species, but it's not common in the wild. A wild white tiger would not probably last very long because they use their coloring and their striping to blend in with their environment. So if a white tiger was out there, it would really pop out to the prey. How closely are tigers related to other big cats? Are they more like cousins or pretty much brothers and sisters? That's a great question. I would say more like cousins. They are considered a large cat because they can roar. So other large cats are like lions. Um, A smaller cat are the cats that can purr, which is kind of interesting. A large cat is one that can roar. A small cat is one that can purr. Um, So they are pretty closely related to the larger cats. They can be crossbred with lions, but they do not have successful offspring. So it's not a natural pairing, but they are so closely related that they can have one offspring. So that's a pretty close relation. So wait, tigers don't purr? Tigers do not purr. They're They're a large cat. They have different types of vocal cords. It's either like you get a roar or you get a purr. You can't get both really. So um, a mountain lion, for example, they can't roar, but they can purr. So they're considered a smaller cat, even though they're really big. (laughs) Are they in danger? And if so, what can we do to help? 
They are endangered, unfortunately. There's only about 4,000 adult individuals in the wild, which really isn't enough. There needs to be much more. And what we can do to help as people is just awareness of how important they are to the ecosystem. Also, a lot of it is habitat protection. So conserving tigers is completely linked to conserving where they live. Their habitats are so segregated that some tigers have a hard time getting to other tigers. So breeding can be a problem. So we need to continue to support agencies that that protect the habitat and provide a safe place for wild tigers to populate and grow in numbers. Casey Taylor is the senior carnivore keeper at the Albuquerque Zoo. It's part of the Albuquerque Biopark. Casey, thank you so much for being with us all in the Children's Hour today. Thank you guys so much. It's been awesome. Tiger, tiger, black and orange stripes. Tiger, tiger, hunting in the night. Tiger, tiger, bright yellow eyes. Walking on four paws Have you seen the tiger Flashing the sharpest claws Tiger, tiger, black and orange stripes Tiger, tiger, hunting in the night Tiger, tiger, bright yellow eyes seen the tiger when it crunches its jaws have you seen the tiger when it starts to roar tiger tiger black and orange stripes tiger Sleeping at the zoo Here comes the tiger Be careful, it might get you Tiger, tiger, black and orange stripes Tiger, tiger, hunting in the night Tiger, tiger, bright yellow eyes Stripes, tiger, tiger, hunting in the night. Tiger, tiger, bright yellow eyes. Tiger, 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 gonna bite. The tiger song was press play picture house. That's a single. And you're listening to the children's hour in the background, Wafir. Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, an educational nonprofit based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're listener supported at children'shour.org. 
Support for the Children's Hour provided by the New Mexico Museum of Natural History and Science. Announcing Chocolate, the exhibition, a multimedia science exhibit that engages the senses and traces the evolution of chocolate from a small bitter seed to the delicacy it is today. The exhibit opens June 17th. More information at nmnaturalhistory.org. Support for the Children's Hour provided by Electric Playhouse, an immersive entertainment and events center in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The Playhouse is open. You can purchase tickets, learn about events, play, and other opportunities, including future locations and music shows, at electricplayhouse.com. Travel back in time with the Children's Hour on a virtual field trip to learn the story of Popeye and the Pueblo Revolt. It's episode four of our Brief History of the American Southwest for Kids series, and we're online Monday, June 13th at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Sign up at childrenshour.org history. This project is supported by the New Mexico Humanities Council and the National Endowment for the Humanities. Oh, it's okay, little growl. Little growl? Where did she go? Oh, wait, is that her? Well, she was just here a minute ago. Did you see her, Mr. G? Yeah, but now she's, like, really gone. Well, somewhere in the jungle, she's out on the prowl. She's just a little tiger cat, and her name is Little Growl. She looks just like her mama, stripes and claws and more. But a little smaller than the rest And you can hear it in a roar But she will grow She's a little And she will grow And she will grow Maybe she's over there. 
Whoa. What was that? Now she's over there. She sounds different. Ooh, there's nothing little about that growl anymore. World Wildlife Fund. My organization protects wildlife and wild habitats around the world. One of the animals we work to save are tigers. Here are some fun facts about tigers. They're great swimmers. The average tiger has more than a hundred stripes and no two tigers have the same stripe pattern. And tigers see six times better in the dark than we do. Did you know that there are only 3,900 tigers estimated to still live in the wild? That's not a lot. Many of them have lost their homes due to forests being destroyed. They are also hunted for their bones and skin. And climate change has also contributed to their population decrease. Tigers are really important because as large predators, they maintain healthy forest ecosystems for other animals and plants. The tiger's hunting activity keeps other animal populations under control, which keeps the environment in balance. To protect one tiger, we must conserve around 25,000 acres of forest. WWF works in countries like India, Nepal, and China to keep tigers alive. But we need your help. One of the things you and your parents can do to protect tigers is buy recycled or FSC certified products. Check for the tree label when you shop to buy paper products that come from sustainably managed forests. You can also go to World Wildlife Fund's website to learn more about tigers. Go to www.worldwildlife.org. Sammy is cool, 
weißt du, was ich meine? Unangenehm, kannst du Sammy ganz fest in die Arme nehmen Dann wird alles wieder besser, dann wird alles wieder gut Denn mit Sammy an der Seite hast du Doppeltiger-Mut yeah. Er ist immer für dich da, immer für dich da hey, hey. Sammy der Tiger ist immer für dich da Sammy ist genauso hip wie Doktor, super schlau Und was du jetzt brauchst, weiß er ganz genau Jemanden, der bei dir ist und deine Hand hält Deinen Freunden dieser großen Krankenhauswelt Sammy lässt dich nicht alleine Sammy hilft dir auf die Beine Sammy ist cool, weißt du, was ich meine? Sammy, der Tiger Ist ein ganz, ganz lieber Ein lieber Tiger Er ist für dich Immer für dich da, immer für dich da Sammy ganz fest in die Arme nehmen Dann wird alles wieder besser, dann wird alles wieder gut Denn mit Sammy an der Seite hast du Doppeltiger-Mut Doppeltiger-Mut, Doppel-Doppeltiger-Mut Und mit Doppeltiger-Mut wird alles doppelt wieder gut Sammy der Tiger Ist ein ganz, ganz Sammy Der Tiger is the title track off of a brand new release by Rangdale out of Germany. And before our friend Sarah from the World Wildlife Fund, you heard Mark Oblinger and Steve Barta. Her name is Little Growl, is from the Jumpin' Jazz Kids CD. You're listening to the Children's Hour, and we wanted to learn more about snow leopards. They're cousins of tigers. So with us on the show today is Marissa Naranjan. She is the deputy director of the Snow Leopard Trust, which is an international organization working on conservation efforts for snow leopards. Welcome to the Children's Hour, Marissa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. What is the difference between a leopard and a tiger? Yeah, so snow leopards are related to tigers, right? They they are. That's that's thought to be the most like direct relation I think in the wild cats is the snow leopard tiger. 
But if we think about it, you know, some like they share a few countries of habitat, you know, in India, there are snow leopards and tigers, for instance, Physically, you know, tigers are quite a bit larger and also have a different spot pattern slash stripe pattern. So their patterns are different, but I'm, but they are the most genetically linked as far as the big cats. And so the other thing that they've adapted is that the snow leopard has quite a larger tail than the tiger. And it's interesting because you see a snow leopard tail and people think that it looks very fluffy and big. It actually weighs about 10 pounds. And so that is a huge um, muscle that the snow leopards use to navigate those rocks. So if you think about it, if you're going to cross a beam or something, a curb, and you're walking and you put your arms out to kind of steady you, that's exactly what the snow leopard tail is doing when it's hunting. Can they just like put it up like a kitty cat does over their head? Exactly. They sure can. How rare is a snow leopard? They're incredibly rare. They are a threatened species. So there's thought to be um, anywhere between 4,500 to 7,000 left in the wild. And that's spread out. It seems like kind of a large number, but it's spread out between 12 countries. So China is thought to have the largest population of wild snow leopards with about 2,000 individual cats. And then some countries, smaller countries might have around, you know, 40 or 60 cats in the whole country. So they are very hard to find and see and to study. Um, And that's why we always kind of say like, how do you study something that you don't ever see? Yeah, well, how do you study something that you can't see? We do rely a lot on that technology. Um, So, you know, the trap cameras in the area that take a picture anytime something walks by it, they're infrared cameras. Um, We also have a GPS collaring study. So by by doing some of that trap camera work, we're able to kind of find those high density areas, meaning areas that we think a lot of snow leopards are living in and set up some research bases there. So we are, have a long-term ecological study in Mongolia and that started in 2008. So now we have over a decade's worth of research that we're able to apply to our knowledge of snow leopards. And then also having a population assessment that's taking place in all 12 countries using some of this technology and science. So it is tricky. It's a lot, even finding photos or videos of snow leopards is hard. (laughs) So, yeah. What do snow leopards eat? Beth, that is a wonderful question. So snow leopards eat, you know, primarily the prey species that are in their area. So a lot of Ibex, which is a mountain goat. So various mountain goats are golly sheep. So you think of kind of the bigger ungulate, which is uh, like anything that has a hoof in the area. So sheep, goats, but then also they eat things like marmots, which is kind of a smaller like groundhog species and even rabbits. So it can be as big as a huge mountain goat or as small as a rabbit. Um, And if you think about like having to navigate that area to hunt, which is very mountainous and very rocky. um, So they have to be very, very agile, which means, you know, very um, quick on their feet and able to navigate a very thin, thin ledge. Um, or a very rocky slope to catch these small animals that move very quickly. What threatens snow leopards? A lot of times you might hear the word poaching. So snow leopards being killed for their pelts or their their bones, um, which is, is, is a threat that is there, but really a threat that the Snow Leopard Trust really addressed is the threat of just living near communities. And so one thing that happens is the communities that live in snow leopard habitat have livestock. So they have sheep and they have goats that are domestic goats, meaning kind of like pet goats. So 
it's part of their, um, they're not wild. They've, you know, that they live, you know, with the communities and corrals. And so one thing that happens is when you have a predator in that area, the snow leopard might try to eat their livestock. And so to protect the livestock communities might, you know, not want the snow leopard to be there. So it's called, you know, retaliatory killings, or if you try to kill a snow leopard to protect your livestock. And a lot of times, you know, communities are saying, we don't want to kill snow leopards, but we need our livestock to be able to survive. Um, so what we've done is try to set up, you know, work with communities, not going in and telling a community what to do, but sitting down and talking to communities and figuring out what are the needs of the communities in this area? How can we best support them so that they can live alongside this predator? Mm, this sounds a lot like the struggles that happen around wolves around the world. It's the situation where the apex predator, the predator, the animal that can eat everything that's at the top of the food chain is also the predator that can eat humans, livestock. You're listening to the Children's Hour. We're talking about snow leopards with Marissa Naranjan, and she is from the Snow Leopard Trust. We've got a lot more coming up. Stick with us. This is Al Snyder from Zoo Key Songs. High up in the Himalayas, the snow leopard resides, but the hunters and the poachers have made their numbers decline Nations of the East and West And zoos all know their worth We're all working together To keep them on our earth Who's feared by every shepherd The whole world knows my spots They look like polka dots I am a sneaky leopard Whose temper sharp and peppered They hate to fight with me When I'm around they flee I'm beautiful to view With grace that's rare and strange my disposition too will never, never change. I am a sneaky leopard that's feared by every shepherd. But I have got this bug, someday I'll be a rug. I am a sneaky leopard who's feared by every shepherd. Be careful what you do. On you. If you are in the jungle, don't ever make a bungle. These words I say to each, better keep out of my reach. Don't simply stand and stare. If I come into view, keep running like the devil, or you'll be black and blue. I am a sneaky leopard who's feared by every shepherd. When question gets my goat, wheel, I become a leopard coat. From a 
very old song put together in a collection by the Countdown Kids called Circus Songs for Kids. That was the Leopard Song. And you are hearing in the background Blue Dot Sessions. Right here on the Children's Hour, we're learning about tigers and snow leopards. Lots more information is at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Tigers and Snow Leopards. And see if you can spot the hidden snow leopards on the mountains. We'll be back with a lot more with the Snow Leopard Trust right after this. The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated. We're a New Mexico nonprofit. The Children's Hour is supported in part by an award from New Mexico Arts, a division of the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Support for the Children's Hour is also provided by the City of Albuquerque's Cultural Services Department and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund. Support for the Children's Hour is provided by Token IBIS, a nonprofit making philanthropy accessible to everyone. To sign up, go to tokenibis.org. I like all of the podcasts because they help me learn a lot. I'm Brooklyn Elder from Albuquerque. Find hundreds of educational podcasts at childrenshour.org or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Look for The Children's Hour. You're listening to the Children's Hour. We're learning about snow leopards with Marissa Naranjan. She's the deputy director of the Snow Leopard Trust, and the kids have a lot of questions. Exactly how big are snow leopards? That's a great question, too. So snow leopards, they are a big cat, but they're kind of on the smaller end of the cats. They're not quite as big as like the tigers and the lions, but probably, you know, about around like 50 to 60 pounds, I would say. I, and the interesting thing about them, so even like 70-ish pounds, like their tail, remember, is 10 pounds of that. We talked about that. And their tail is the length of their entire body. So their body length and the tail length is usually about the same. So that so they kind of double in length based on their tail. You might have learned this as well, but they are the only big cat that cannot roar. So like tigers roar and lions roar, but snow leopards can't roar. They make like a mew kind of yowl sound. Um, and a lot of communities will say it sounds like somebody is crying in the mountains. So that's another reason they have their name of um, the ghost of the mountains. And that's part of why they have had that nickname is because it sounds like somebody is crying in the mountains and they're very elusive and hard to find. So that also uh, helps with that nickname. When does the mama snow leopard let the baby snow leopard live by itself? Snow leopards um, are solitary cats, so they don't travel in packs. The only time if you ever see a snow leopard on video with more than one cat, it's a mama and her cubs. And so they will travel and stay together for about two years, sometimes a little over two years. And and in that two years, they learn everything that they're going to need to learn about snow leopards. And then they leave their mom and they go to live their lives in the mountains as well. And so this is something before we, we knew, we kind of thought based on other cats as well, but because we've seen these trap cameras of these cats walking together, and then we see them on camera without their mother and living on their own, we're able to confirm that now with science. 
And so, yeah, about two to three years and then they live on their own. You know, all of us love our cats who have cats. And when we see things like snow leopards, we can't help but envision our own little kitty cats. And so as a result, it makes us think, can we pet snow leopards? Is there ever a chance to like snuggle a snow leopard or would that be a terrible idea? <laughs> Very tempting. And I totally understand that desire, but it is not a good idea because they are wild animals. And so, you know, in science, we do have to interact with a snow leopard. For instance, putting on that GPS collar would take very good care to care for the wild snow leopards and then let them be in the wild. But even though they're cute and cuddly, and there has never actually been a, a documented snow leopard human attack, they are still cats that I would give them space. <laughs> Wait, there's never been a record of a snow leopard hurting a person? No, they're pretty they're pretty shy and docile. Sometimes there'll be reports of that, but it's usually a clouded leopard, which shares the snow leopard habitat. They look kind of similar, but they're different species. Um, and they can tend to be a little bit more aggressive. But snow leopards are pretty. If you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. But again, respecting that space in the wild, it's something I would never want to be you know, in front of a wild snow leopard necessarily in that way, aside from afar, maybe admiring. <laughs> but yes, yeah, snow leopards are, they're pretty, pretty docile cats as far as the big cats go in the wild. Well, there must be a benefit to the environment by having snow leopards be, I would presume, an apex predator. They must really help the mountains, like in terms of thinning, as they say, uh, herds of animals that might get too big and the mountains might not be able to sustain them. And so there's probably a very important role they play in the balance of the mountain ecology. Is that true? Exactly. Yeah, that's a great that's a great way to put it. Absolutely. So it's just about learning about that balance, right? And and threading that balance through the need for community survival and how do you, you know, how do you balance the two, which I think is it's a really important question. That's what, you know, our organization tries to address. It's a learning process. And what works for one community might not work for another. So, you know, it's about learning and growing within each community that we work with. That organization is the Snow Leopard Trust, and we've got links and more posted to childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Tigers and Snow Leopards. And we wanted you to hear a little bit about what those communities might sound like when they're singing. This is called The Mountains of Tuva. This is done as a traditional song using traditional overtone singing. You're listening to the Children's Hour. More coming up right after this. Oh, <laughs> 
That's overtone singing Duntuvan style right here on the Children's Hour. We are learning about snow leopards with Marissa Naranjan from the Snow Leopard Trust. Illy, let's go to you. Are snow leopards doing better or are they more endangered? You know, it's interesting. It's one of those things. So the Snow Leopard Trust, which you might have learned about already, has been around for 40 years. So we were founded in 1981 by a woman named Helen Freeman, who worked at the Woodland Park Zoo in Seattle and became really inspired and wanted to protect snow leopards in the wild. So she founded the Snow Leopard Trust really just on her own with an intern and then built a board of directors and had more volunteers. And so I like to say that because she's such a shining example to me of how one person can truly make an impact and how how by you being here and by sharing what you've learned really helps protect the species. I think this is something even being around for 40 years, it's something that we're still learning a lot. Like we are just now kind of doing this range-wide population assessment to really figure out what are the population numbers, first of all, and then doing monitoring to assess, are they improving? Are they growing? You know, what else have we learned about snow leopards? So what I will say is that, you know, by the community work, where the communities are just so incredible and so resilient and, you know, really be coming on board to commit to protecting the species. I feel like, you know, there, like I said, there is hope. And I think we are learning more every day and thanks to the support that we are receiving and the scientific advancements that are happening, that we will know a lot more in the next 40 years than, than we do now. And so I would say right now, like we're still learning to see if, if population numbers are going up or are they holding steady, but in the places that we are working, we're seeing, you know, populations are still there and that's really important. How can we help scientists learn more about snow leopards? You know, just by learning and talking about snow leopards, they have gotten more press recently. So there's been some documentaries about snow leopards. I know there was an Apple software that had an operation system called the Snow Leopard. We got a lot of website traffic during that time by accident. I think people just searching snow leopard and we would pop up. So I think, you know, learning and talking about snow leopards really, really helps get public thinking about it and wanting to learn more. And then they tell other people and really the power of that information and knowledge really helps, I think, get people interested, which which helps drive that science forward. And I think as as you learn, maybe you'll be the next snow leopard biologist that will be the expert in these cats and will be able to learn more and share more with the world as well. Why should we care about snow leopards? It's a great question. I, you know, I think the snow leopard is just such an iconic species. I think it's something that, like you said, it's an apex predator. It's so important to the areas that it works. And it's true. Like, how do you, why do you protect something you can never see? You know, might be other question, how and why. And I think for me personally, I know once like when I, I had the amazing opportunity to go to the base camp in 2008 and help them break it down. And it was the first time we had ever done like trap camera work in this area. So we went to collect the cameras. We came down, it was late at night. There was a generator to get power. And we had a little laptop that was going, we put in the SIM card for the photos. We're looking looking, looking, looking. And there's a picture of a goat and a rabbit and grass and goat, rabbit, grass. And then we get to the final photo and it's a snow leopard. And I will tell you, like everybody just started crying, jumping up and down. Like, you know, we were, it was such an incredible moment. And the timestamp, you know, 
it was about six hours before we had collected that camera. And so I think that I always say like it was in the Snow Leopard's footsteps and that's probably as close as I will ever get. But that feeling of, you know, Snow Leopards are here, like, you know, that this work matters and that they will be here for generations to come. And, and that moment just really cemented that, you know, this is a, a worthwhile effort that, that takes, a, takes a whole community, including everybody listening here today. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk about this species that is rarely seen and, and bring it into focus with you all. So thank you for this opportunity. Well, well, thank you so much, Marissa, for being with us on the Children's Hour. We've learned a lot from you, and you can learn a lot more. Go to childrenshour.org and look for this episode, and you'll find lots of links and more information, including how you can find snow leopards in photos and be like a researcher. Thank you so much, Marissa, for being with us on the Children's Hour. We've really had fun with you. Thank you for inviting me. Wonderful questions, everybody. The best audience. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This is Jim Stoltz. Now, when I was a bee, just a botany high, how I loved all the worms and the butterflies, and I felt the need just to cough the weeds. Talking to the critters, all the bugs and the bees, and moms, da da da, what's with this kid? Dad said, Mom, don't flip your lid, it's just his style. He's a kid for the wild. Yeah, as I grew, well, I hit the woods Cause walking out there made me feel so good Just to be me, you know, it felt so free I could wander here, there, go climb a tree And I watched the deer, and I chased the rabbits And the chipmunks, too, and I learned the habits Mom said to Dad, I'm afraid he's weird And Dad said to Mom, oh, I think it's clear It's just his style He's a kid for the wild I like things the way they are Not inside cages or in plastic jars You know I like to see things running free And I have the idea they were meant to be There's more to life than just TV There's the rivers and the mountains and the clouds and me It's just my style I'm a kid for the wild I like critters like grizzly bears and spotted owls and desert hares. And I can't understand the big money man. Chase her from the homes and change the land. They have a right to live for their own distinction. Ain't no call for their extinction. Just my style. I'm a kid for the wild. Yeah, I like places where there ain't no roads. You can listen to the crickets and the hopping toads. It's all right there, even in the air. The wilderness is something so precious and rare. You know, to throw it away just don't seem fair. Let's all get together, really start to care. Just my style. I'm a kid for the wild. I guess I'll always have this thirst, clean water and air. You know, the earth comes first. Let's save the seas and the mountains and trees. Let's keep it wild and keep it free. And when your parents tell you go to bed and they close the door and they nod their heads, they say it's just that style. We got a kid for the wild. Yeah, it's just that style. We got a kid for the wild. Be a kid for the wild. Be a kid for the wild. Can I feed them? They're so cute. I want 
they cannot keep them We'll be the best of friends A tiger and a monkey and me Swinging through the trees Happy as can be Riding on a tiger No one will mess with me We'll be the best of friends A tiger and a monkey and me A tiger and a monkey and me Tiger says they named him Elvis Cause he was always kinda chunky He used to run with cool cats But now he prefers the monkey They're the best of friends Friends since they were babies long ago And the monkey says But what he really means to say Is he's very glad to meet you Can you come out and play? Don't be afraid It's just a tiger and a monkey and me Swinging through the trees Happy as can be Riding on a tiger No one will mess with me We'll be the best of friends A tiger and a monkey and me A tiger and a monkey and me can sleep by the fireplace He looks like a rug light on the floor The monkey wants to hang out on the cold back So he can climb on my back When I walk out that door Now look what followed me home Fishing in America in the background. We're running out of time here on the Children's Hour. Find lots of links and photos. So much more information at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode, Tigers and Snow Leopards. I'm Katie Stone. I'll catch you next time for another edition of the Children's Hour. The Children's Hour is an independent production of the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit corporation. Our show was written by Katie Stone with help from all of us and the kids crew. Find lots of information about us at childrenshour.org. Many thanks to the Albuquerque Biopark and Casey Taylor, as well as Marissa Naranjan from the Snow Leopard Trust. We had production help from Christina Stella. Our podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast, or at patreon.com slash thechildrenshour. Or ask your smart speaker to play the Children's Hour podcast. We post our photos and more on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Find us at TCH Radio. Our theme music is written by C.K. Bilo. The Children's Hour is distributed by the Children's Hour Incorporated, PRX, and the Pacifica Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio.